Hello and welcome to the News Roundup from FITV. I'm Johnny Burke. And I'm Catherine Daniels. Coming up on this week's podcast, quarantine COVID cases, booster vaccines and a dementia initiative. There are currently three positive cases of COVID-19 in the Falkland Islands. All cases were found through quarantine surveillance swabbing. First degree contacts have been identified and all are self-isolating. So this brings the total number of COVID-19 cases in the Falklands since April 2020 to 66. As the pandemic continues and restrictions change globally, there are increasing calls for so-called vaccine passports. Discussions are ongoing in the Falklands about how to create proof of vaccination for residents here. The issue was raised in the Health and Medical Services Committee on Wednesday. However, as there is currently no scheme in place, for the time being, the KEMH will provide further official documentation to those who ask for it. Chief Medical Officer Dr Rebecca Edwards also spoke at the committee about booster vaccines for COVID-19. We asked MLA Roger Spink whether residents here will be offered one. There will be uh, booster vaccines uh, being sent to the Falklands later this, this in the next few months. Uh, and that there were two categories. One is for the very high risk groups and then the second category would be all over 50s. And she was unsure whether or not um, we would have one lot of vaccines sent for the high risk group first and then the, to do the rest of the over 50s, or whether or not we would just do all of the over 50s, which for the numbers in the Falklands, that might be the easiest way. But uh, she hadn't yet ascertained whether or not the, the number of vaccines that would be sent to us would be for everybody over 50 or for those just in the high risk groups. But that is the, the policy at the moment that's being pushed forward by Public Health England. And, uh, you know, we're very grateful that the UK government has seen fit to send these vaccines down to us. And the purpose of this is to maintain the level of resistance we have to COVID within the community, particularly those in the high risk uh, categories. And the UK government have announced that the vaccination programme will be rolled out to 16 and 17 year olds. We also asked MLA Spink whether under-18s in the Falcon Islands will receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Not at present. And obviously people under, I think, 40 in the UK were all given Moderna or, or uh, Pfizer jabs. Um, whereas in the, in the Falklands, all of our population has been given AstraZeneca, which isn't recommended for people uh, under 18, 16 to 18 year olds. Um, so we're not sure. At the moment, uh, we haven't had any information sent to us as yet that I'm aware of um, that, uh, that says we should be vaccinating 16 to 18 year olds. The actual chance of 16 to 18 year olds actually uh, having a, a, a bad reaction to COVID, I understand is fairly very low compared with the other categories. So we'll wait and, and uh, if we get informed by the UK that uh, they recommend that we, we do things, then I, we would obviously take the Chief Medical Officer's advice on that. The Falkland Islands Government have signed an extension to an agreement with the International Committee of the Red Cross. The Memorandum of Understanding extends an agreement that was signed earlier this year to allow work into the identification of remains at the Argentine Cemetery near Darwin to continue. The extension means that the team from the ICRC will also help support the investigation at Teal Inlet and their team will be arriving in the island shortly. Over 25 days of clinic time has been lost from local medical services this year due to missed appointments. This statistic was part of the director's report from the Health and Medical Services Committee this week, 
with two and a half days of doctor's time and over two days worth of primary care nursing being lost in June alone. There is currently a three-day wait for routine primary care appointments, whilst emergency appointments continue to be available on the day. In the past, members of the public have been asked to contact the hospital if an appointment is no longer needed. New information and training will soon be available to members of the public as part of a new initiative being launched in the Falkland Islands to help create a dementia-friendly community. Developed by the Alzheimer's Society in the United Kingdom, the Dementia Friends Initiative is part of a global movement that is changing the way people think, act and talk about dementia. The project is being led by the Community Support Unit at the hospital and Johnny spoke to Lara McToll, who is the occupational therapist, about how to help people improve their understanding of what dementia is and what it's like for someone to live with. So I think obviously for the people living with dementia it's different because each case is different, it's difficult to say and everybody, you know, anybody that comes along to the information sessions will learn there are lots of different types of dementia and everybody is impacted in slightly different ways. Um, obviously there's main challenges are things like obviously the one that everybody knows about is the short-term memory loss um, but actually there are other things as well there's changes to personality there's issues with communication processing speeds can be affected so you know people need longer to think about things um, and all of that together for somebody can be very distressing so obviously for people that live with somebody that has dementia or are closely related or good friends with somebody that's living with dementia, it can be very difficult watching your loved one go through that process. Um, and people, I think, are sometimes frightened, you know, of saying or doing the wrong thing, whereas actually there often isn't a wrong thing to say or do. Um, but it's about having some understanding and appreciating what is going on for your loved one so that you can move forward in a really positive way and to hopefully retain some of those relationships. Um, for the wider community, it's just about positive messages. So often what happens is somebody might go into the shops and they might be struggling, but somebody in the shop doesn't want to help. And it's not that they don't want to help, but you know, would they be seen as interfering? How is the person going to take that help? Um, and it's really about trying to empower people across the community in how to assist people living with dementia and continue to allow them to be part of the community. That's hopefully how we're going to take it forward. In the Planning and Building Committee, members approved the proposal to erect an arts and crafts studio at 8 Diamond Jubilee Road, despite one letter of objection. The objector raised concerns over environmental impact and a potential increase in road traffic in the area. Nevertheless, the committee passed the proposal, which is a bungalow-style building with five parking spaces. In the same meeting, building permits were also granted to Tex Alasia at Port Edgar Farm to build a one-bedroom cabin accommodation for the farm manager, as well as extend the current existing self-catering units. And finally, the Stanley Services proposal to construct a two-storey block with four one-bed flats and a pair of semi-detached houses had to be adjourned. This was due to not having enough eligible voting members to vote on the proposal, as MLA Mark Pollard had to declare an interest in the project. A consultation has been launched for a new cemetery in Stanley. There are four possible new locations spread across Sappers Hill, the Bypass and Moody Brook. It has been estimated that there is enough space in the existing cemetery for up to 10 years. The consultation is part of a larger project to develop a new site 
which will have future opportunities for public engagement and feedback on design features such as parking, paths and facilities. The consultation will close at midnight on the 29th of August 2021 and can be accessed through the FIG website by contacting Kieran Roberts on 27193 or collecting a paper copy from the post office or PWD. And finally, those of you who watch our show regularly will know that for the past few months we have been providing highlights from the Senior Inline Hockey League. That competition was wrapped up last week as the league and playoff winners were crowned, but before the curtain closed on a successful season, there was just one final send-off. On Sunday, the Hockey Association took over the Stanley Sports Hall for an all-day gamathon, which included 11 non-stop hockey games involving all ages and abilities. We spoke to Chair of the Hockey Association, Joe Clifton, about the season. The season's been really good. Um, we've had full teams and no dropouts really. We've had new players joining in for the playoffs. And the standard has been phenomenal across all the leagues. The standard is really good. There's been a big improvement as well, seeing the, the kids in particular during training and the, those early games, seeing how they are now. Fantastic. That's it for this week's news roundup. If you'd like to subscribe to FITV, you can watch via the KTV Broadcasting Service or online through our website fitv.co.fk. Alongside this news roundup, we also produce a light-hearted look at the week in our podcast, Meanwhile in the Falklands, which is available on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. Join us next time. Goodbye.